Bible class, they're always good. Today was especially outstanding, and we appreciate his effort, his time, and God using him in such a way as he does. I'm going to ask Brother and Sister Ashley as they make their trip to South Africa to take a lot of notes and uh, bring back a full report of what it's like so they can train me and teach me what I need to do and what I need to look for, hopefully, as we can make a trip sometime later on in the year to South Africa to preach. I've received several invitations from various different pastors and churches from that area to come and preach there, so we're uh, entertaining that possibility. Also, just yesterday, I received an invitation from a pastor and his family in Ukraine, inviting us to come there and preach for them at one of their conferences sometime later on in the year. So uh, they found out about us on the Internet, on our website. So we are, we are reaching the world, believe it or not. We are, in fact, reaching the world. What a, I'll tell you, it's thrilling. Every time I get one of these emails and these letters and invitations, it's a thrill to know that our voices, not only mine, but everyone that teaches and from this pulpit and preaches, their voices are reaching out around the world. And uh, uh, just, it's just phenomenal how God is using this media to get the gospel out. And we're just, we're just excited and thrilled about that. Praise the Lord. If you would stand with us this morning, I would like for a little while. And uh, please don't be offended if I seem a little unsociable this morning. I'm trying to maintain minimal contact with everybody. It's, uh, a couple days ago, this bug, whatever it is, caught me. And uh, I fought it off. I've been fighting it off valiantly, but uh, I think it's about to win. And uh, by the grace of God, uh, we are here today and, and delighted to be a part of this service. So I, I'm not avoiding you. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just trying to keep from passing on to you what uh, you don't want. <clears throat> Isn't that right, Brother Wiley? They don't, they don't want it. So anyway, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. I want to preach a little while this morning, and, and I want to kind of slow down a little bit. And I know a lot of times I get real exuberant and... and um, uh, charismatic in deliverance of the message, but I want to kind of slow down this morning because I'm going to be preaching about the church uh, with the title in place, it's the place to belong. And I really want you to grasp what we're going to be talking about today because uh, the church and your involvement and your role in the church is vital to your salvation. A Amen. That's right. Amen. Paul writes, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. For through him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. He's talking about the Jews of the Gentiles. Now therefore you are, no more, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Shall we bow our heads together in prayer? Precious Heavenly Father, I thank you today for this opportunity and this privilege that we have to come together here and to worship you and to experience your presence in such a glorious and mighty way. Lord, for the word that we've already heard this morning, our hearts have been blessed, our lives have been touched from what we have already heard. And we ask you today, as we come to this portion of the service, the ministry and preaching of your word, that you would anoint these lips. And it's only by your grace today that this will be accomplished. Anoint each one to receive, and we'll give you the praise. 
and the thanks and the honor and the glory for it. And everyone said in Jesus' name, look at your neighbor and tell them it's the place to belong. And you may be seated. Oftentimes, members of society rank and gauge their status by certain clubs and certain entities they belong to. Amen. You belong to certain social clubs or certain social circles. Your, your social status is somewhat elevated, perhaps, than someone else. The Apostle Paul, writing to Timothy, giving him instructions in 1 Timothy chapter 3, and he says to them, These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I am delayed, I write so that ye may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. Amen. Think about that for a minute now. He said, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. Just to give you a little preview of what we're going to be talking about here this morning in this message, I do this by asking you three questions. One of which is this, is being an active, involved member of the church really all that important? Question number two, is it really necessary to be faithful, active, and committed to the local church? And finally, question number three, can't I just believe and go about my business and my own way and be okay in the eyes of God? You see, the truth of the matter is, each and every one of us are called to belong, not just believe. Amen? Even in the perfect, sinless environment of the Garden of Eden, God said this in Genesis 2 and 18, It is not good for man to be alone. You see, we are created and designed for community. We are fashioned for fellowship. And we are formed for a family. And not one of us can fulfill God's purpose by ourselves. Amen. You know, I've searched the Bible and it knows nothing of solitary saints or spiritual hermits isolated from other believers and deprived of fellowship. I can't find it in here anywhere. Amen. And here's what the Bible says, and because of the constraints of time, I'm not going to view and read, uh, read each of the passages that supports what I'm about to say. You can look them up this next week on your own time, and you can do a little research yourself. You see, we are put together, and we are joined together, we are built together, we are members together, we are heirs together, we are fitted together, we are built together, amen? We are held together and we will be caught up together. Amen. We will be caught up together. You see, you are not your own any longer. We are not an island unto ourselves. We now belong to Jesus Christ and His body. Amen? And while our relationship to Jesus Christ is very personal, He never intended for it to be private. 
You see, in God's family, we are connected to every other believer and we belong to each other for eternity. Amen. In fact, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 5, Paul said, So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Amen. You see, following Jesus Christ includes belonging. Not just believing. There's a lot of folks that say they believe, but do they really belong? Amen? You see, we are members of Christ's body, the church of the living God. C.S. Lewis noted that the word membership is actually of Christian origin. However, the world has emptied it of its, of its original meaning. They have just really diluted the concept and the original meaning of membership. For example, stores offer discounts to its members. They don't know who you are other than a number. But they call you a member. Amen? Advertisers use member names to create mailing lists. And the sad fact of the matter is this. In some churches, membership is often reduced to simply adding your name to a role with no requirements and no expectations. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Well, I'm preaching good now, you know. <clears throat> you see, to the Apostle Paul... Being a member of the church meant being a vital organ of a living body. An indispensable, interconnected part of the body of Christ. You know, perhaps we need to rediscover and, re and recover and practice the biblical meaning of membership. You see, the church is a body, not a building. It's an organism and not an organization. Hallelujah. For the organs of your body to fulfill their purpose. Now think about this for a minute. For the organs of your body to fulfill their purpose, whether it's your heart, your kidneys, your liver, whatever, they must be connected to your body. The same is true as it relates to the body of Christ, which is the church. Each and every one of us were created for a specific role, and we will miss a very important purpose for living if we're not attached to the living, breathing church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we discover our role in life through our relationships with others. Amen. Let's take a look at the Apostle Paul's analysis of this very idea. When he says in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5, he says, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Amen? You see, if an organ is somehow severed from its body, it will shrivel and die. It cannot exist on its own and neither can we. Amen? Disconnected and cut off from the life blood of the, blood of the local body of Christ, your spiritual life will wither and eventually cease to exist. It's the place to belong. Not a place, it is the place to belong. Amen. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, from, the, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Everybody say that. Does its share. Why? He goes on, causes growth 
of the body for the edifying of itself in love. If everybody does their share, it causes growth. Oh boy. It causes growth of the edifying for the edifying of the body of Christ. Or growth of the body for, for the edifying of itself in love. You see, this is why the first symptom of spiritual decline is usually, hang on now, buckle up tight, is usually inconsistent attendance at worship services and other gatherings of the church. Now here's the truth of the matter. When we become careless about fellowship, everything else begins to slide as well. We need the fellowship of other believers. You see, membership in the family of God is neither inconsequential nor something to be casually ignored. The church of God's agenda for the world, as Jesus said it, is this. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. The church is indestructible and will exist for eternity. It's the place to belong. Other social entities and clubs will pass away. They will dissolve over the matter of time. But the church will last for eternity. It will outlive this universe and so will our role in the church of Jesus Christ. You see, the individual who says, I don't need the church is either arrogant or they're ignorant. One or the other. That was pretty harsh, wasn't it? In fact, the church is so significant that Jesus Christ died on the cross for the church. Amen? Paul said Christ loved the church and gave Himself for her. Amen? The Bible clearly calls the church the bride of Christ and the body of Christ, does it not? We all agree to that, right? Now, I really can't imagine saying to Jesus Christ, you know, I love you, but I dislike your wife. Now, you may have said that to your son when he married the girl that you didn't want him to marry. I like you, son. I still love you, but I don't like your wife. And you might have got away with that for a while. Or you might have said that to your daughter about her husband. But can you imagine saying that to Jesus Christ? You know, I really like to love you, Lord, but I just like your wife. Or I accept you, but I reject your body. However, the sad truth is, we do this very thing whenever we dismiss or we demean, or we complain about the church of Jesus Christ. Whew, hallelujah. Instead of the word, instead the word of God commands us to love the church as much as Jesus Christ does. The apostle Peter said it this way, love the brotherhood. Amen? Sadly, many professing born again believers use the church, but they don't love it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Whew. Maybe I should quit and do this next week. Now nah, I'm, I'm going on. <clears throat> Except for a few important instances referring to all believers throughout history, almost every time the word church is used in the Bible, it refers to a local assembly, a visible congregation. It's the place to belong. The only professing believers who were not members of a local fellowship throughout the New Testament history were those under church discipline who had been removed from fellowship because of gross public sin and they wouldn't repent. 
The Bible says a born-again believer without a church home is like an orphan, or like an organ, rather, without a body. A sheep without a flock, or a child without a family. It's an unnatural state. For us to profess to be born again and love God and love His church and not be a part of the church. Amen? The Bible says in Ephesians 2 and 19, we are fellow citizens. I've already brought this to the light once. We'll use it again. We're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. What, a, what an honor. What a privilege. That we are citizens, fellow citizens and saints and members of the household of God. In today's culture of independent individualism, I'm afraid has created many spiritual orphans. What many church leaders call bunny believers. Who hop around from one church to another without any identity, without any accountability, or without any commitment. Unfortunately, we don't have any folks like that around here. That's a wonderful... I'm, I'm serious when I say that. You see, many believe one can be a good Christian without joining or even attending the local church. However, the Word of God strongly disagrees with that mindset. In fact, the Bible offers many compelling reasons for being committed and active in the local fellowship or the local church, if you will. Here's one. You see, we really need a church family because a church family identifies us as a genuine believer. I can't claim to be following Jesus Christ if I'm not committed to any public group of disciples. Jesus said this, by this all men will know you are my disciples if you have love one for, one for another. Amen? When we come together in love as a church family, from different backgrounds, from different races, from different social statuses, it's a powerful witness to the world that we are in fact disciples of Christ. You see, you are not a body of Christ on your own. We need others to express that. And together, not separated, we are His body. Amen. It's the place to belong. A church family moves us out of the self-centered isolation mode. The local church is the classroom for learning how to get along in God's family. <laughs> if you will, it's the lab for practicing unselfish, sympathetic love. As a participating member, we learn to care about others. We learn to share the experience of others. Paul said it this way, And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Amen. You see, this is the kind of sacrificial love that God expects us to show other believers a willingness to love them in the same way Jesus Christ loves you and I. Amen? Secondly, a church family helps us develop spiritual muscle. Everybody go like this. We need spiritual muscle. We are in an all-out spiritual revolution in the world today. Amen? If you don't think we are, I don't know what you, where you've been and where you've been hiding out at. But the church family helps us develop our spiritual muscles. You will never grow into maturity just by attending, attending church services and being a passive spectator. 
Only participation in the full life of a local church builds spiritual muscle. In fact, here's what the Bible says about that. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. I used that verse earlier, you remember. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Hallelujah. Let me, let me give you a little biblical data here. Some of that boring stuff. Over 50 times in the New Testament, the phrase one another or each other is used. Over 50 times. You see, we are commanded to love one another. We are commanded to pray for each other. We are commanded to encourage each other. We are commanded to admonish one another, to greet one another, to serve each other, to teach each other, to accept each other. You still doing all right? To honor each other, to bear each other's burdens. Forgive each other. Submit to one another. Oh boy, we're doing good till I got to that one way. Submit to one another. Be devoted to each other and a, a, a multitude of other, of other tasks as well. Amen? And this is what biblical membership is all about. And these are simply our family responsibilities that God, God expects us to fulfill through our local fellowship. The church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, I'll admit, perhaps it may seem easier to be holy when no one else is around to frustrate your preferences. It's probably seemed to be a little easier for you to be holy when I'm not around just rubbing you the wrong way. I'm just irritating you every time I get in this pulpit. But my friends, that's false. It's untested holiness. You see, isolation breeds deceitfulness. And it is easy to fool ourselves into thinking we are mature if there's no one to challenge us. I like to be challenged on occasion. Real maturity shows up in, shows up in relationships. Amen. Well, I think the musicians better come back. <clears throat> it's the place to belong. I'm glad I'm part of the church of the living God. I'm glad I have folks like you to help me. Amen. Well, you're the preacher. You're supposed to be helping us. No, we help one another. Amen. Hallelujah. I need you and you need me. We need one another. We need more than the Bible to grow. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I love this book. I love this Word. It's as rich and real as it can get. But we need more than the Bible to grow. We need each other. We need other believers to grow. We grow faster and stronger by learning from each other and being accountable to each other. Amen. When others around the church share what God is teaching them, I learn and grow as well. Oh, what a privilege it was to sit in that adult Bible class this morning. To hear and be taught the Word of God. And to have it expressed in such a way. How it is for one of you to share with me what God is showing you and how He's helped you and how He's blessed you and how He's touched your life. It helps me. Amen? You see, the body of Christ as well needs you. We need you. God has a unique role for each of us to play in His family. 
And this is called our ministry. And God has gifted you for this particular moment and this assignment. Paul said, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. For what? For the profit of all. It's given for all of us to profit. Your gift has been given for the whole church to profit from it. Amen? Do we not profit from the giftedness that Brother David has and the ability to teach? Amen? I just use that as an example. And the many gifts that all of you, the musicians and the praise singers, you are gifted so that the entire church benefits from your giftedness. Amen? So the body of Christ needs you. And this is called our ministry. Paul said, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Our local fellowship is the place God designed for us to discover, for us to develop, and for us to use our gifts. Let you think about that a minute. Probably someone is sitting here thinking right now, boy, this is all good, but I know all of that. I don't need to hear that. But so-and-so is not here today, and they do need to hear it. Well, if you'll, if you'll go back and tell the audio and video team that you need that tape, I'll pr- pr- purchase it personally, and you can pass it along. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I understand, you know, we may very well have a broader ministry. It may be broader than just what goes on here, and that is, that is good. We understand that. However, your broader ministry is in addition to your service in the local body of believers, which is the church. Amen? Jesus Christ has not promised to build our ministry. He has promised He would build His church. Amen? He has promised He would build His church. Next, we will share in Christ's, missions, in Christ's mission to the world. When Jesus Christ walked the earth... It was God literally walking in the physical body of Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, He uses His spiritual body. That's you and I. The church is God's instrument here on the earth. We are His instrument. We are not just a model. We're not just to model God's love by loving each other, but we are to carry it together to the rest of the world. And what an incredible privilege it is for you and I to have been given together, to be called together. This is the place to belong. And as members of Christ's body, we are His hands. We are His feet. We are His eyes. We are His heart. Amen? He works through us in the world. Each and every one of us has a contribution to make. I didn't see unanimous shaking of the heads on that one. We all have a contribution to make. Paul says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God hath prepared before that we should walk in them. You see, a church family will help keep you from backsliding. None of us are immune to temptation. You given the right situation... You and I are capable of any sin. And God knows this. So He has given us the responsibility of keeping each other on track. Amen? Hebrews 3 and 13 tells us, But exhort one another once in a while. 
No, it says daily. Exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Amen. Mind your own business is not a Christian phrase. Now please understand, we're not advocating being busybodies going around sticking your nose in other people's business so you can go tell somebody else. We are called and commanded to be involved in each other's lives. And if we know someone is wavering, if it's been made to us, if it's brought to our attention, someone is wavering through the Spirit, they're waving spiritually, it is our responsibility to go after them and bring them back into fellowship. Not with a condescending, judgmental, arrogant way, but in a loving, caring Amen? James said, Brother, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the air of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sin. Or multitude of sins. A related benefit to the local church is that it provides spiritual protection of godly leaders. Amen. David illustrated that in the 23rd Psalm about the responsibility of the shepherd and his involvement with the sheep. You see, God gives shepherd leaders the responsibility to guard and to protect and defend and to care for the spiritual welfare of his flock. Amen? It's my responsibility to make certain, as well as the other leaders of this church, that truth is propagated from this pulpit. And that the Word of God is adhered to from this pulpit. And that we stick to the Word of God. Amen? Amen? In fact, here's what the Bible says in Hebrews. A scripture a lot of folks don't like, but it's truth nonetheless. Obey those who have the rule over you and be submissive. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Amen? Let, let me say this. Satan loves detached believers. And here's why. When someone is unplugged from the life of the body, and they're isolated from God's family, and they're unaccountable to spiritual leaders, he knows that they are defenseless and powerless against his tactics. Amen. That lion and that bear hiding off in the thickets, watching that shepherd and his sheep, knows the minute that wandering lamb gets out of the fold and starts wandering off on its own, he becomes fair game. As long as he's within sight of that fold, that shepherd has that rod that he is ever so keenly skilled in using. He has that staff that he can reach out and gently grab that lamb around the neck and draw it back into the fold. As long as that lamb stays and them sheep stay together in that fold, they stand a better chance of fighting off the adversary and all of his tricks and schemes and all of his... Remember what Peter said, your adversary, the devil going about as a roaring lion seeketh whom he may devour. He's off in the thickets looking for you to just stray away. Amen. 
It has always amazed me in my 35 years or so, I've lost track now, in the ministry. Oftentimes when folks need the church and God the worst is when they run down the path the farthest away. I have never understood that. Don't know that I ever will. When we can run into the shelter. (laughs) Amen? Just a little food for thought. Let me tell you this, it's all in the church. Being a part of a healthy church is essential to living a healthy life. In my opinion, and I believe the Word of God bears this out, you can disagree if you want to, there's nothing wrong with you being wrong. But God, God created His church to meet our five deepest and basic needs. And that is a purpose to live for, people to live with, principles to live by, a profession to live out, and a power to live on. Amen? The five basic needs that we have, humanistic needs that we have, a purpose to live for, people to live with, principles to live by, a profession to live out, and the power to live on. There's no other place on earth where we can find all five of these benefits in one place except for the church of the living God. You see, worship helps us focus on God. Fellowship helps us face life's problems. Discipline helps us fortify our faith. Ministry helps us find our talents. Evangelism helps us fulfill our mission. And there's nothing else on earth like the church. Amen. And I'm going to close with this. It's your choice. It's our choice. Let me put it that way. It's our choice. Whenever a child is born, that child, he or she, whichever it may be, automatically becomes a part of the universal family of the human race or human beings. We are all descendants of Adam. Oh, boy. We are all descendants of Adam. When we're born, we become a part of the family of the human race. However, that child, regardless of the race, nationality, creed, color, whatever it is, needs to become a member of a specific family to receive nurture and care to grow up healthy and strong. Amen. We took our children home from the hospital once they were born with the mindset, these are ours, and we're going to try to do our best to give them everything they need to grow up to be healthy, strong, and successful. I, I, I didn't find a guidebook with that child. There wasn't an instruction manual. But by the grace of God and through much prayer and Somehow I made it through without doing any of them bodily harm. The same is true spiritually. When we are born again, we automatically become part of God's universal family. However, we also need to become a member of a local assembly and an expression of God's love. Amen? You see, the difference between being a church attendee and a church member is commitment. 
Oh boy, I'm getting ready to preach for a little bit now. The difference between an attendee and a member is commitment. Attendees are spectators from the sidelines. Members get involved in the ministry. I'm saying this kindly enough, aren't I? <laughs> Attendees are consumers. Members are contributors, one writer said. Attendees want the benefits of a church without sharing the responsibility. Someone once said that they are like couples who want to live together without committing to marriage. Well, there's a lot of that goes on these days. Uh, I'm, I, got I, I don't want to go on a tangent. Why is it so important to become part of a local church family? One aspect is it proves that we are committed or you are committed to your spiritual brothers and sisters in reality and not just in theory. There's a difference between reality and theory. Amen? God wants us to love real people not ideal people. We've got to be real. And real says you're going to have bad days. You're going to have good days. Real, real says that there's going to be times you come into the church and you're just going to have to fall on somebody. Find a place just to crash because you just can't go another inch on your own. Because this is the place to belong. There's times you're going to come and your heart has going to be broken. Or will have been broken. We need real, not ideal. I've not found ideal yet. But I have found real. You know, we can, you can spend a lifetime searching for the perfect church. But you'll never find it. You'll never find what you might categorize as the perfect church. The church that never has an issue. The church that never has a problem. The church that never has whatever. You'll never find a church that always sings just the songs you want them to sing. You'll never find a pastor that preached just the message that you wanted to hear at any given time. Especially me. You'll never find the worship leader putting together the, the chorus of songs that really you felt should have been. You, you, you're not going to find that, quote-unquote, in your mind, the perfect church. Amen? You'll never find it. But we are called to love in perfect sinners just as God does. There's not a one of us in this room this morning that's perfect. But we are all blood-bought. Amen. The early church, as recorded in the books of Acts, was very specific in their commitment to each other. They were devoted to fellowship. In fact, here's what the Bible says. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. They come together and formed 
a body of believers that were to be reckoned with. Amen? It was this body of believers that prayed in the wee hours of the night when Peter was delivered from prison. It was this local church, this body of believers bound together in spirit that were praying and bound together for Paul and Silas in the Philippian jail that not only brought them deliverance but saved the household. It's the place to belong. It's the church of the living God and the gates of hell will never ever prevail against it. Regardless of what your opinion might be of the church, regardless of what the outside world's opinion might be of the church, it's the church of the living God. It was founded upon Jesus Christ and it will never ever fall. <clears throat> the musicians would come. A couple more things. And as the early church in the book of Acts committed themselves to the apostles' doctrine, to fellowship, to breaking of bread and prayer, God expects us to commit to the same things today. The Christian life is more than just a commitment to Jesus Christ. It includes a commitment to other believers as well. Amen? Becoming a part and a member of the local church is the natural next step once you become a born-again believer. We become a Christian or a born-again believer by committing ourselves to Jesus Christ through repentance, receiving the Holy Spirit, and being baptized into the body of Christ. That's what they've done in the early church. You become part of this church body and a church member by committing yourself to the specific group of believers through faithfulness, financial support, participation, involvement, and fellowship. The first decision that you must make is bring salvation. Then the next decision that we must make it brings fellowship. So this morning, I declare to you that the church is the place to belong. It is divinely orchestrated and designed by God Himself as His body, as His principal organ for getting the gospel to the world. Please don't take your involvement and your participation or your activeness or inactiveness into church lightly. Understand, it's the place to belong. We are the body of Christ and members in particular. As you stand today, as I have so many times, and others have so many times challenge you to make up your mind once and for all I am committed 
to the church of Jesus Christ to High Point Church as the organ of the church of Jesus Christ and I'm going to give it everything I've got until Jesus comes again because this is the place to belong when somebody asks you about what church do you go to or they ask you about your church you just need to tell a friend it's the place to belong there's nothing else like it in the world I invite you today to recommit and to rededicate your life and all that you are to the work and ministry of Jesus Christ through High Point Church. How about it as they sing?